joke for me this week. What's up? So, you know, any Liverpool fans out there, hopefully this pod will brighten your day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a classic for sure, oh, man. For so sure. cheesy, so cheesy. Sorry, I had, to, I had to drag the Liverpool fans there with losing one nothing to Brighton. Oh, dude, you know, when you're in bad form, I guess you're in bad form. I'm not sure how Klopp <laughs> recovers from this, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're definitely in trouble. City's going to win the league. That that's pretty much a formality at this point. They're just playing so good. I don't think anybody's going to catch them. Yeah, United tried to try to get some goals back in the differential the other day, putting up nine. But it's too little, too late for them. As City's got two games in hand. Yeah, we'll get to United and Southampton on our recap when we get into that. But first, <laughs> we want to get into a Twitter question that we had. And on the face of it, it seemed pretty simple, but the more you you unpack it, it just it depends on a lot of different scenarios. Our our buddy, I'm just gonna call him Jr. because there's a lot of letters in there in his Twitter. <laughs> we're already not good at pronouncing normal words and stuff, so here we go. Yeah. So we're he was asking about the Chelsea Spurs game today, which just finished up. Chelsea won one nothing. So obviously we got a little bit of hindsight here. But, you know, he he was asking what we were thinking. And, you know, we kind of stayed away just because Chelsea and Spurs have been really weird to us in, in the past month or so with betting. And, you know, I, but anyways, he was asking if we ever advise making two separate bets, one on a team to win and one on a, the same team to draw instead of doing a double chance. So in this instance, he was asking if we would recommend betting a Spurs draw and a separate bet, a Spurs win, as opposed to just a Spurs win or draw double chance. Obviously, it the odds are going to be better for just a draw or just a money line win as opposed to a double chance. But it all kind of, I guess we have to basically set out some standards first. First, you know, you have to make sure we always talk using units, you know, you have to standardize your units. So and that all depends on how much of a bankroll you have. So what I would recommend is at the start of the season or at the start of the year, you put aside however much money you're willing to lose for that betting season or for the next six months. Yeah, we're not say saying it. you're going to we're not saying you're going to lose that money, but it's yeah. being responsible. It's money that you're able to have fun with. Don't count that in the family budget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you should never bet any money that you can't do without. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where like, oh my god, I can't believe I just lost that money. I'm like I I'm not going to be able to make that up. So, typically what we would recommend is you want to bet about 1 to 2% of your bankroll each bet and you want to make it consistent. So say your bankroll is $100, 1% would be a $1 bet. Okay. So when we talk units, in this case, one unit would be $1. So if you're going to make this money line or draw separate bet, as opposed to a double chance bet, you need to risk the same amount of money when you're running the calculations. So you would bet a half a unit on the Spurs money line and a half a unit on the Spurs draw, as opposed to a full unit 
on double chance because that way if Spurs lose the game, which all bets lose, you lose the same amount of money. And that's the best way to kind of equate it, right, Blake? Yeah, that's definitely the simplest way you could explain it. I'm going to do a little bit more complex here using Burnley and Brighton Hove Albion coming up over the weekend. Burnley's currently plus 235 from what I see, and the draw is plus 220. If you take $10, wager that on Burnley, that pays 3350 Okay, if you take $10, wager it on the draw, that pays $32. And the reason for the $33.50 and the $32, it includes your original bet and the payment back to you, okay? So that's a half unit for us. The tie is a half unit for us. You take the double chance and you put a full unit on it, $20 at minus $155 pays $33 even. So let's break this down a little bit further. paying $33.50. You take your original 10 that you have to get back to you, and you take your original 10 that you bet on the tie since that was the loss if Burnley wins, and you're looking at $13.50 profit. When you see the tie at plus 220 and you bet $10, that pays $32 even. So what you have to do is take your original $10 back if the tie hits, and the loss of the $10 that you had Burnley winning bet and you get a $12 profit. So the difference there is $1.50, right? We said if Burnley wins, you get $13.50 back in net profit, right? You get $12 back if the tie hits in profit. If you bet the double chance at minus 155, 20 pays 33. You have to take your original $20 back out of the equation. You're left with $13 profit. So in the end, For that bet, I would probably recommend the double chance considering that, yes, you only you lose 50 cents if Burnley win, but you also gain a dollar more if the tie happens. Putting numbers on what Ian said, it's a little bit convoluted. You have to really do your math and look at the odds because it could be that it doesn't work out to that the next time. But the books aren't stupid, right? They're not going to offer you a double chance bet that is completely worse than a team winning and a draw for whatever it is that you think is going on. And the same goes for the opposite. They're not going to offer you crazy good odds for Burnley or a draw and then make the double chance bet absolute shit. And so at the end of the day, you really just have to run the numbers out and see what you're comfortable with. In this case, in the Spurs bet that our, our buddy was asking about, I never would have touched Spurs money line because without Kane, I don't think that they had a chance to win at all. So, you know, I, I probably would have stayed away from it, but you do have to run the numbers. And in my opinion, it's imperative that you run the same amount wagered because you don't want to risk losing twice as much money in case Spurs do lose like they did today. So obviously, if you would have bet $10 on the Spurs win or $10 on the Spurs draw, as opposed to a $10 double chance, then yeah, you stand to make more money off of a win or a draw. But like today where they lost, you would have lost $20, whereas you only would have lost 10 if you would have done a Spurs double chance. So it's really yep. important to standardize your bets. If you, I know it, it's fun to bet and everything, and in the heat of the moment, you, you might feel really confident and throw $20 where normally you only bet 10. But if you want to stand a chance at making money in the long run, 
you really have to be consistent with the units that you're betting. Yep, totally agree with that. And uh, that's why we recommended the Chelsea money line today. (laughs) We were put into a corner and we went with what we thought was a good lean. Obviously, that doesn't go into the starting 11, but hopefully that was a nice uh, in-between midweek and and weekend pick for y'all. Right, yeah. And, you know, we're not going to troll our buddy there, JR, the way that this United better trolled Mourinho just the other day I don't know if you guys saw this but a a Tottenham's Mourinho trolled by Manchester United fan with full page ad after loss versus Brighton wins him the jackpot (laughs) it's pretty awesome you know I mean there's only one way to spend the money that you won and it's to troll your former coach (laughs) What does the note say in there? It says that this is the only trophy you might get your hands on, and it provides like a cutout line for a trophy in the full page that he could put up or pin to his desk, something like that. So, so Sahil Arora, Manchester United supporter from New Delhi, India, made a $5,000 bet, or sorry, made 5,000 pounds from the Spurs' loss against Brighton over the weekend. The 29-year-old pocketed the prize thanks to the result at the Amex Stadium by playing fantasy football jackpot, and he posted a picture of what he left in the full-page ad on Twitter, and it says, Dear Jose, this advert was paid for with the 5,000 pounds I won from Spurs losing to Brighton. Here is a special trophy to say thank you. Sahil, New Delhi, India. It might be the only one you win this season. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh savage buddy savage oh my god you, you know Mourinho awesome. saw that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah oh and, and speaking of an error that wasn't seen what's up with Ajax man oh my god so Sebastian Allaire he used to play for West Ham and West Ham sold him in the transfer period in the winter transfer period they sold him to Ajax and Ajax made him their highest paid transfer in the history of the club. Definitely play up top for him. Hopefully going to score some goals. And somehow he was left off of the Europa League squad list for the rest (laughs) of the season. So he can't play in the Europa League. Your highest ever signing can't play in what is now their most important competition of the season. Man, what a (laughs) terrible error. Whoever the general manager is there is going to get sacked. I mean, if I'm the owner and I'm spending that money, how do I not sack the general manager? Yeah, and the spokespeople for the club, they they say, we don't know how it happened, but it happened. We're investigating to try and figure it out. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And and speaking of stuff that we can't believe, you know, we had a story a, a while back uh, about Ian Wright and the teenager that was kind of racially abusing the ex-Arsenal and England striker. Striker, and of course, we we put it on our website. There's no room for racism. We we don't agree with any of that stuff. But uh, there was a judgment put out that there were no consequences for that teenager, and you know, he wasn't uh, expecting his forgiveness to be an invitation to a lighten uh, a lighter sentence. Is kind of what he said. Ian Wright did, but to not be held accountable for these terrible actions and for what it was in the day that we're trying to get past this racism, it's not just United States. It clearly is systemic across the world. And, you know, football, we have, we talked about it last pod. There are so many different 
racially motivated acts going on across all the different leagues. And this would have been a great way for, for everybody to see a statement made, right? Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is because obviously they'll delete these people's accounts and block them, but then you, you can just sign up with another account on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And if you punish these people, they should be punished hundred percent. They should be punished, but do they actually learn how wrong it is what they're doing? I, in my opinion, we need to educate people better from the very beginning, you know, and Chelsea kind of had a pretty cool idea instead of banning them for life or doing some sort of, you know, punishment like that, they actually, in, in one instance, there was some anti-Semitism. They actually took this guy who was being anti-Semitic to a Jewish, to the concentration camp, horrible things that happened and tried to educate him on why what he was doing was so wrong. And to me, that 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 is more of how you affect change as opposed to just put yourself in jail or, you know, you, you make them you know, they, they can never come to a game again. They're still going to be racist if they can never come to a game again. But if somehow you can educate them and show them the other side, show them the people that they're hurting and why they're hurting them, then maybe we can make a change. But that that is not something that's going to take generations. It's not yeah, a good fix. I, I'm with you, uh, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure the majority of the world is with you. Uh, but as we see here from SkySports.com, the judge, whose name is Daniel or David Waters, said he didn't see anything to be gained by imposing a criminal conviction and handed O'Brien, who's the person who, by the way, on May 11th, pleaded guilty to sending a message by phone that was grossly offensive, obscene and menacing. So he pleaded guilty, but this guy sentences him to probation. Even though he says what Ian's talking about, he didn't see anything to be gained by criminal conviction, fine, but sentence him to some sort of remedial education or somewhere to better himself and to deliver a message to the community that he has to be a better person, that we all have to be better persons, to be more inclusive and to understand what it really is to eliminate this vile racist abuse. Yeah, kind of the last thing to say on that note is, Racism and hatred is a learned behavior. It was taught to them by somebody else. It's not something that you're born with. So again, it's it's the education that really needs to to be done to to weed everything out. Absolutely. And th- thanks for hearing us on that, everybody. We appreciate it. Let's move to Friday. We're going to Germany. We're starting Hertha Berlin gegen Bayern Munich. Let's go, München. Yeah, so... Hertha, they've only got one win in their last nine games. Can you guess who that one game was against? <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> Always the, fade the... The Schalke. Schalke. <laughs> and Bayern have four shutouts in the league. Two of them, can you guess it against two? Oh, uh, she had again. to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bayern don't get too many shutouts. Bayern beat Hertha 4-3 back in October. You know, maybe a one and a half goal spread on the Asian handicap or both teams to score. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think there's going to be a few goals scored here. 
and, and Bayern are a little bit on the uptick, right? After having that big revenge game, uh, we always, you know, kind of like in college football, expect a letdown. But in this case, I think their form is trending back up. That'll deliver confidence. And I think they'll play pretty well. Yeah. And if you look at at least one of the other shutouts that Bayern has had recently, it was against Augsburg and Augsburg at the bottom of the table. They don't score a lot of goals either. Three of their four shutouts have come against very bad sides. And while Hertha is struggling, I wouldn't say they're one in the league. They've scored 25 goals this season, a lot more than Schalke's 15. All right. And so we'll go ahead and we'll head over to Italy Friday as well. 245 Eastern, we've got Fiorentina taking on Inter where nine of Inter's 13 wins in the league this season have been by two or more goals. Four of Fiorentina's eight losses in the league this season have been by two or more goals. Inter beat Fiorentina 4-3 to back in September, but that was the first actual like league game of the season, so kind of a crazy game there. I got a, I got a feeling Inter minus one Asian handicap is pretty good bet here. Money line's not worth too much, but that's probably what we'll be looking at over there. Yeah, you know, there's an average, and Ian and I have talked about this many times, of 3.08 goals per fixture this Serie A season. And that's one of the highest they've ever had. So there's goals a plentiful, like Ian was saying. So I could see us putting something like that in the starting 11 or what Ian mentioned, a minus one on the handicap. Either one of those seems to be a pretty safe. Yeah, and so we'll move over to Saturday now. In La Liga, 8 o'clock Eastern, we've got Levante taking on Granada. And these are two teams we haven't looked at too much, but to me, this is more of a form bet than anything. Right now, Levante are just crushing it. You know, they have actually, let's see, I think they're on an eight or nine game unbeaten streak right now. And Ooh. Granada have kind of been bouncing back and forth between loss, draw, win, draw. So, I think a Levante money line showing plus 120 and they're at home. You know, that seems seems pretty good to me. We'll, we'll have to check into that one a little bit more. Yeah, go with the form on that one. Absolutely. I mean, Granada is sitting at what on the table? Eighth and Levante's ninth. Uh, even though they're sitting at eighth, their form is draw, loss, draw, win, loss. And, you know, like you said, Ian, Levante's on some hot streak. Yeah, they actually are unbeaten in eight games now. They've And the they lost one game at the very beginning of January. Otherwise, they, they haven't lost. So they're playing really well right now. And staying in La Liga, we'll move to what's probably one of our favorite teams in Sevilla. They're taking on Hatafe at home, 1500 Eastern for you military folk, 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. Eastern. We, I, I don't think there's going to be any value in a Sevilla money line. So you probably have to take a minus one Asian handicap, something like that, but maybe a win to nil. Sevilla don't concede too many goals. Some, something like that. We'll, we'll look into that, but Sevilla have just been winning us a lot of money lately. So there's an interesting stat when you and I were talking about this game beforehand, and we're going to put it on the pod. Uh, Sevilla have won the last two games by a result to nil. Actually the last three games. The only game in that span, Getafe, which is the fourth game, which happened in 2019, they won 3-0. Then the one before that, they won 2-0. So Sevilla are on the uptick in this head-to-head matchup if you follow any type of trends. And Sevilla's last five matches across all competitions have ended up in wins to nil, except for 
Deportivo Alaves. And I'm sure we had money on Sevilla to win to nil that game because why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll definitely be looking at that. Maybe even in both teams to score. No, depending on the odds there. Well, but definitely Sevilla have, have been in the, they're one of the first names on the team sheet as the manager would say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I oh. think we're going back to Germany. Is that correct? Or we're going to Italy. Yeah, we're going to Italy where if anybody can find this bet for us, like we're, we'll hit you, definitely hit us up because we want to bet the Atalanta Torino foul prop, the total over under foul prop here, because as we've said before, Torino, when they're on the road, they just play hack a shack. They just foul anybody and everybody. And we haven't been able to find the foul prop just yet. Yeah, their last 10 competitive matches have not produced less than 29 fouls. Seven of those have witnessed over 35. So when they come into your stadium from on the road, they ain't taking no shit. You know, especially with no fans there, the emotions are running high. They come in to whoop your ass. Yeah, and if if we can't find the foul prop, then definitely look at over three and a half because the last three games head-to-head here have resulted in six goals seven goals and five goals respectively. So <laughs> lots of goals and Atalanta just came off a zero, zero draw against Napoli and the Coppa Italia. So they are definitely going to be rearing to go to get some goals back on the, on the sheet. Who's rearing to get goals, but won't get them is Schalke hosting Leipzig at nine 30 Eastern on the second or on the sixth, excuse me. And you know, what you see here is just top of the table, Versus the bottom of the table, unfortunately, for those Schalke, poor Schalke people. I'm not sure how good the odds are going to be, but Leipzig will look to capitalize on the points in this match. I see them getting probably a little bit better odds since they're on the road, but there's no way Schalke do anything in this match. The last couple head-to-heads have resulted in four or more goals. Let's say the last three head-to-heads. So it might be something where we see over two and a half. Uh, You know, just depends what the odds are, but look for this one to pop up on the starting eleven. Burnley are hosting Brighton, and we kind of mentioned this game already where uh, even though Brighton are are the favorites, I kind of like Burnley to do some damage. I mean, you know, Brighton, yeah, they had a result against Liverpool, but we could make a joke saying who hasn't had a result against (laughs) Liverpool lately? Suck it. You're always walking alone. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, if if you don't trust one or the other two teams – Definitely look at under two and a half because these two teams don't score a lot of goals. So that'll be worth looking at. And I'm not sure about the last five head-to-heads here. We'll have to check that out. But Burnley and Brighton typically don't score a whole lot of goals. And you look back at 0-0 draw, 1-2 result, 1-1, 3 1-0. So three out of five have been under two and a half. Yeah, you got to go with that. I think you always tell me, hey, Burnley are good for an under two and a half on most days. I think yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And where do you want to go to next, Blake? You want hey, to... go to your Italians. Yeah, we go to the Italians where we've got the Juventus taking on Roma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cook some. I'm gonna cook some pasta tonight. I'll tell you, man. Give me some red sauce with a little chunky meat in there. You know, I mean, Chicago, you got to have some meat. Let's go. We need hey, to keep making, it warm. We're making home homemade flatbreads tonight. So right there mm. with you, buddy. Mm, send some my way, man. I could use it. Yeah. 
But so we're looking at Juventus and Roma and Juventus have just win, 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 win lately. You know, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, five wins in a row right now. And Roma are actually having a little bit of drama. I feel like we always talk about some sort of drama going on in Syria. It's like, you know, the telenovelas down <laughs> like <laughs> Telemundo or whatever. But Roma's striker, Eden Dzeko, I guess, had a spat with the manager to where the manager basically said, you're not playing for us again. And I think they've actually made up now. But you, you got to like Juve to win here. Maybe we'll have to look at the odds and everything, but Juve are just on fire right now. Yeah. The Bosnian international, it doesn't surprise me that he has a temper and, you know, (laughs) Italian Bosnian, both guys could have, you know, fire coming from the top of their heads. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And the next game stay in Italy before we move on uh, Two forty-five Eastern. We've got Genoa hosting at Napoli and Napoli have been, they, I feel like they've turned it around quite a bit. I guess there was a little bit of pressure on Gennaro Gattuso, the, their manager, that maybe they were going to get rid of him. But Napoli, they, they tied 0-0 midweek against Atalanta and the Copa Italia. They actually beat Genoa 6 nothing uh, back in September. And they have not lost in the last five head-to-heads against Genoa. I, I bet you can find a decent money line action since they're on the road. So be worth checking out. I think Napoli have become our Sevilla of Italy. You know, we've kind of recognized that they've won four out of their last six in the top flight over there, not, not including any cup games or anything like that. But, you know, they're a team that scores a lot. Their offensive prowess is well-known. I mean, the league's offensive prowess is well-known, but they seem to come through for us on more occasions than not. And they're a team that can buckle down on defense if they need to, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, Napoli are very good at the back. They, and that's kind of how Gattuso's teams have been. He was a defensive holding mid for AC Milan back in the day. And he he definitely got his players drilled well enough at the back. Yeah, I see no one has conceded less except for Juventus there in Serie A. And Napoli are sitting just behind them in the table. Yep. And then we'll go to the last game on Saturday that we're looking at. Back into the EPL, 3 o'clock Eastern, Manchester United host in Everton. And Manchester United dicked us down pretty good the last time we tried to fade them oh. to Southampton. We, I <laughs> want to give them a blue card next. Fuck! <laughs> but, I mean, come on. Like, there were two red cards in the game. So, you got to kind of throw that one out there as just uh, shit happens. When have you seen, Ian, and you and I have been doing some betting for a while now, when have you seen two games that we bet on in the same day both have two red cards against our teams? Yeah, in the same day. How crazy same is day. that? Same Bullshit day. Bullshit is what that is. That definitely makes me believe those bastards have the phone like, okay, BXI bet Arsenal, <laughs> BXI bet Southampton. Let's make sure we got the red cards coming through, okay? Thank you, Herb Dean. Yep, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but... I mean, back to this game at hand, we got United taking on Everton. United have won the last two, and Everton have actually only won one of the last five games against the two teams here. And United are definitely in a better run of form right now. Everton are our team that we have given a blue card, so we're definitely not going to bet anything (laughs) as far as their side goes because we're going to stick by our rules. (laughs) And I just... Realized that I said Herb Dean, which is a UFC referee. <laughs> I meant Mike Dean. 
after the EPL here, we're going to move on to Sunday, right? And we're going to go to Italy. Back to Italy, where we've got AC Milan hosting Crotone. And kind of sounds like a Crostini, but not quite the same, I guess. So AC Milan, you know, they're killing it right now. They did lose two games in a row just recently. Uh, one of them was in the cup game where they lost to Inter Milan. And then they also lost to Atalanta in the league, three to nothing. But besides that, they, they've been playing really, really well. And the last time that they played Crotone, Milan won two to nothing. And actually, if you look back at the last three of these head-to-heads, Milan has won to nil every time. Two nothing, one nothing, three nothing. So and Milan win to nil might be a good shout here. Yeah, let's see Zlatan tuck a few in the back of the net and get us that W. Seems to be the only dude doing things for us. Come on. Yeah, and Crotone are in last place in Serie A right now and have given up the most goals by a six-goal margin. They've given up 46, and the next closest is at 40. Next one is my guy, Ciro Immobile. Ciro Immobile. Get me some Crotones for dinner. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, let's let's see what Ciro can do home against Cagliari. Yeah, we got Lazio taking on Cagliari, and Lazio have won four of their last five, where Cagliari haven't won in their last five at all. And the last five head-to-heads, we've got Lazio have won every single one. They've only won one by shutout, so maybe both teams to score yes, or both teams to score yes and Lazio win. That'd probably be really good odds there. We'll have to check that out, but yeah, Lazio should I- probably be in line I think the fans have been right. We'll recap this at the end of the pod, but I think the fans have been right five out of five times. And I might want to stick a choice in there of Immobile anytime score. This dude has 13 goals this year. He's found the net in three of the last four head to heads. I mean, let's see what he can do for us. On the flip side, they've got Joao Pedro who's, who's scored in all five uh, of Cagliari's goals across their last seven matches. They've only scored five in their last seven. So like Ian was saying, I mean, a win to nil should probably be a lock to make our starting 11. I want to see Immobile, anytime score, fans pick. Let's get it out there. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, we got, uh, I think we got three or four games left. We'll move back over to the EPL where this, you know, two weeks ago, this would have been the matchup of the weekend across all leagues. We got Liverpool hosting City, 1130 Eastern. But with the way that Liverpool have been playing, I mean, I kind of want to go City win to nil. <laughs> <laughs> Might get some pretty good odds for that, right? Oh, yeah. I bet really good odds, even though, I mean, City have just been winning everything to nil, but at Anfield, if they could win that to nil, oof, could you imagine that? Monstrous, man. And, you know, De Bruyne got injured at the right time. I mean, he's sitting out and, and his team's still winning and they're playing against what should have been a strong team, except they're not. Uh, weak-ass Liverpool here showing some kinks in their armor. It's unbelievable that a team you'd think would be a lock to win all sorts of games after dominating the competition last year are just having such a struggle. The only thing I could kind of like make it out to be in the United States is where you have a rookie pitcher for baseball, right? And nobody has the real scouting report on this guy, how he's going to pitch in the majors, how his coach will have him pitch to righties or lefties. And he does well the first time through the league, right? Like the first half a season. But then the second half of the season, teams start to figure him out. Or if you're a batter, teams start to figure out they should pitch you curveballs. And then you can't hit shit or pitch for shit. 
And the same is kind of going for Liverpool. Teams seem to have figured them out, and it's kind of crazy. They're giving up late goals on penalties, on counters, and teams are just kind of parking the bus. And Liverpool are finding it very hard to break through. And I know Klopp's big on all his, oh, the chances are coming. Don't worry about it. We have the chances. The chances are still here. But it's not working for them. He needs to switch something up. Yeah, it's tough for Liverpool because even when they had zero injuries for the last two years, they were still only 12, 13, 14 players deep. And now they got Van Dijk out and uh, Henderson is just finally coming back into, into the lineup. But without Van Dijk, they're not quite the same at the back and teams are just sitting in that low block and they're not quite moving the ball as quick as they used to and they're not able to break teams down. So it's... It's not working out as well for them. Yeah, and, you know, I'm seeing here questionable for the game is Allison on a potential illness, Fabinho with a muscle injury, and then Sadio Mane, a muscle injury as well. And if you add that to the other five that are already listed out for the game, I mean, Liverpool's definitely going to have to add some of their younger players from the U23 side or from the junior side into their squad for this game. They won't have enough to field the substitutions for the match. And Allison actually missed out on the game against Brighton, which – you know, it was it was a pretty big miss. But yeah, is it COVID protocol? Because I'm just seeing illness down here. It just says illness. So who they're being kind of coy, being like hockey players where they're like lower body injury. Oh fuck that! <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me know where this guy's hurt so I could chop his ankle or something. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we got one other game in the EPL where we've got Sheffield hosting Chelsea 2:15 Eastern, and I think. We're feeling good enough about Chelsea now that they've won two in a row and they've actually not lost in four games. And Sheffield are, I think we can fade him again, maybe. We'll see. But maybe just at under two and a half would probably be a really good shout here too. Yeah, I definitely agree with the under two and a half. I'm not sure how I feel about a money line just yet. Um, but like Ian said, Chelsea is trending up. And it, it all depends on the money, right? If the odds are right for us to bet Chelsea, we might do it. If the odds aren't right for us to do that, we might not do it. We'll move over to Spain again. And this one is actually an early morning kickoff, 8 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. We've got Real Sociedad hosting Cadiz. And we've kind of been picking on Cadiz here lately, but it's been justified. And the last time that they played Sociedad won 1-0. And they hadn't played in about 10 years before that. Sociedad don't win by a whole lot, but they also don't, you know, give up a whole bunch of goals. Can you guys hear Moose in the background there? He's going crazy. Oh, Moose, Moose hate Kadith. <laughs> he don't like him. <laughs> uh, you should see, but, um, we're doing this over a Zoom platform and Ian's yelling at Moose, man. He's so pissed at that dog. But that dog knows what's up. The last <laughs> time that he called for a team or called against a team we ended up being successful <laughs> i mean you know like we said the last three pods we got good record going and moose has been a part of that dude we need to do a little pick like where i put a treat in one of my hands and say this is in this case real sociedad and this is kadith and let him figure <laughs> out which one he wants to take <laughs> who's gonna do better moose or the fans <laughs> there we go <laughs> But yeah, so under two and a half here would probably be a good shout or even a Real Sociedad win to nil playing at home. Probably get some good good odds there. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And we'll finish it up back in Germany where Hoffenheim are hosting Frankfurt. And, you know, in this match, you're seeing Eintracht who are 
in stellar form. We haven't talked about them too much, but secretly or, or not secretly, they've been winning some games and, and they've been doing some moving up in the table there. They're, sh- uh, they're actually sitting in fourth place. You got to be shitting me in the, yeah. in the champions league standings for, for Germany, which is great. You know, on 33 points, they're just ahead of Leverkusen, which is never in the cup. We did a whole pot on that. <laughs> so we, we knew that that was going to happen. No surprise there. But, I mean, for them to be ahead of the Mochen Gladbachs, the Union Berlins, they've done some winning lately. You know, win-win, draw, win-win. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yes, they played Mainz last. Yes, they played Schalke before that. And then Freiburg the game before that. So they went on a kind of a streak against playing some teams that are at the bottom. Amunia Bielfeld before that. But, hey, listen, if you can't beat those teams and get the points you're supposed to get, then you don't deserve to be at the top. But they have. And they do, right? The only team I can kind of compare that run of form to is Manchester City, where they have these crap teams all in a row. And guess what good teams do? They take care of business. They're not like Manchester United, where they lose to Sheffield. And then Ian clearly told us they're not winning the title, right? You don't lose to Sheffield and then win the title. That shit doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And this is also a scenario that you've been talking a lot about, Blake, is where you've got a top t- three or four team taking on team that's middle of the table, doesn't really have much to play for. They know they're safe. They're not going to get relegated. They know they're not going to make Europa League. And Hoffenheim sitting in 12th place. So this is a really good spot to to hammer Frankfurt here on some sort of, you know, money line or maybe even a minus one Asian handicap there. Yeah, and and then being on the road should see us with some good odds. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And just real quick to wrap everything up, we just wanted to recap our midweek action. We ended up five, four, and two up 0.54 units, even though we had just some horrible luck. The first was a Tuesday where we had Arsenal under two and a half. They get two men sent off. One of them ended up being a penalty with a red card against Wolves. And then we had Southampton plus one Asian handicap. They get two men sent off as well. Unreal. And, you Unreal. Know, we also had Holstein Kiel who gave up a last minute equalizer they ended up winning in penalties but we had them money line so just some really really bad losses or bad luck losses even the inter juve game we had under two and a half two of the goals were penalties like you know, sometimes that shit just happens but we still ended up you know that's our third betting 11 in a row where we're up units for you and sitting 52, 43, and 4 since we started putting those formations out, up 8.62 units. So really good return on the investment there going for you so far. Yeah, and we really appreciate you all participating and listening. The votes that we're getting, we're always in double digits. And I know that sounds small for an outfit that's supposed to be doing some big things here. But, hey, everybody starts somewhere. So thebettingxi.net. Betting XI on Twitter and it's thebettingxi at gmail.com. Keep the emails coming, keep the well wishes coming, and you guys have been great. And we hopefully can provide some good services to you. Hey guys. Bye. Peace.